passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Tennessee Football. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Kerberson, joining with Reed Bacon. Have another amazing episode. Before we get into any of that, please, guys, subscribe, like, hit that notification bell if you're watching on YouTube. If you're just listening, follow, rate, and review. Um, it really, really helps us. Uh, really, really helps us move forward on the charts. So please keep doing that. And please share with your friends and family. Uh, let them know that this is a great podcast to listen to that we're very entertaining uh, as we try to be. Um, but on this week's podcast, we're going to be talking about ball baseball a lot. Big news, new stadium coming out. Evan Russell dealing with uh, some rumors, horrible rumors spread about him. And Tennessee in the regional uh, and a very exciting game versus Campbell. Uh, and we also have a little recruiting news, uh, have a new offensive line recruit so we talk about him and what he might bring to the table so another great podcast let's jump into it the game. snap the kick is in the air and the kick this time is no sir Reed. no sir Reed. final score tennessee 20 florida 17 pandemonium rain Loads up, fires long for the end zone. The pass is going to be caught on Tennessee. Tennessee wins! by Tennessee, Jawan Jennings. Jennings makes the catch in the end zone on the Hail Mary. Down at the 35, to the 40, to the 45, to the 50, to the 45, to the 40, to the 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. What did he do? All he did was score. Joey Pitt, touchdown on play number one. All right, so before we jump into the podcast, shout out our number one sponsor, betonline.ag. Uh, if you're wanting to go anywhere to bet, this is the place. It's the number one source for all the best odds, the stats, everything that comes with it. They've got stuff on the NBA playoffs going on. They've got stuff on MLB. They have golf. They have fighting. They have even casino. So everything you could think of, this is the place to go. It's the best place to bet. And it makes everything more exciting when you do it. So hop on over there. When you do go over there, it's super easy to get started. Um, you can use your mobile device or you can go on their website and use a promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V when you sign up and you receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So 
awesome, free money. So why not use Believe as your little code when you go there? Um, tell, them, tell them that we sent you. Uh, so head on over again. That's B-L-E-A-V promo code to get that 50% welcome bonus. Bet online where the game starts. Okay. Welcome in, everybody. Uh, hope we're having a fantastic week. We have a big Vol Baseball podcast ahead of us. Uh, but first, before we jump into anything, Reed, how are we doing, bud? Oh, doing well. Doing well. Getting getting used to Naples, enjoying Naples. Um, we had a tro- – it was my first tropical storm this weekend, but, you know, it's kind of wild because – they were saying like this was Thursday night. I was watching, and they were saying that like, hey, lots of rain coming in. Okay, but then it said, hey, we're gonna yeah. get some wind, some all this, all that. And so Friday night or Friday didn't rain that much during the day, but Friday night it was like, all right, I see what they're talking about. Like it was humming, like coming, coming down. Yeah. And, so I, and then we we're supposed to get the worst of it Saturday. Now we woke up Saturday, and I don't think it rained once. It was just like partly cloudy, like whatever. And the day was beautiful. And it's funny because my sister was supposed to come down and visit. And when she saw that, she's like, what the, like, I'm not flying down there in a tropical storm. Like it's, it's a waste for me to come down there. And so she ended up canceling her plane ticket. Uh, and then Saturday and Sunday ended up being beautiful. So it's just like, you know, well, Sunday, Sunday ended up being beautiful. Saturday was like, I say, it was fine. It was totally fine. It was just a little partly cloudy and stuff, but uh, weekend's been good. Great church service today. Um, just been, just been hanging out last night. We tried a, uh, new restaurant or obviously all the place down here are new to us, but we tried a restaurant. <laughs> we went to a pizza place, Napoli's and just got it to go last week. Very good. Well, right next to it was like a little bit more upscale place. Uh-huh. They had a 40 ounce bone in ribeye for 90, <laughs> Chill out for $99. And I was like, I'm going to do it. I was like, I'm going to do it because I, I think we've had a conversation about maybe on this podcast about my feelings towards steaks. It's like, I feel like some of the higher end places you go, they charge you 78, you know, 60, 70, 80 bucks for a steak. And it's yeah. not any better than like in Knoxville. Like, I don't think it's any better than a, a 25, $30 from chop house. Or yeah. Like, I think we've, I think we kind yeah. of discussed that too. Yeah. Even like comparing it to the steaks you grill at your house. Correct. Correct. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of like, is it really worth it? Like, you know, to spend that much. But the reason I decided to do it last night was because it was 40 ounces. So I was like, that's a lot. That's a, it's a ton of meat. So I was like, I'm going to get three meals out of this, you know? Um, but like, it was a fantastic restaurant. The, the steak was, it was very, very good. I'm not going to sit here. I'm <laughs> how, not going to sit. How many here. ounces did you take down in that one sitting? Not a ton because I just don't want to eat as much as I used to. Right now, I'm trying to lose a little weight, like legitimately, like have decided this past week was my first week of really like watching what I'm eating and more cardio and stuff like that. So I want to get down a little bit and I try not to eat as much red meat anymore. But like, I, I mean, I ate a decent amount, but I mean, I brought a bunch of it home. You should the bone. I kid you not. The bone <laughs> on this thing was huge. We got a picture of it. I might send it to you if you want to put it. Oh, let me say this. Let me say this. Send it, and send, send it to me. Send it to me next to a toothbrush or next to a remote control, so I can get some like oh, size I have, comparison. I don't, I don't have the bone anymore because they they cut it completely off the bone. But oh, I will say this: the picture she took, you can see how big the bone is because it's a live photo. 
But when she took the overview of the shot, and it's funny, she's like so annoyed with me. She's like, Reed, why do I have to take pictures of your food? And it's all because I want to show my my parents or my family. Or my Instagram, babe. Yeah, exactly. I don't have Instagram <laughs> stuff for losers. But uh, but yet when she took a picture of it, it didn't even express how big it was. Honestly, Kyler, it literally when they brought it out and how they had it shaved, it looked like a massive piece of like brisket. Like it's how they had it sliced. But it yeah. tasted it tasted very good. It came with a white sweet potato, which I never had before, which was outstanding, and it had a little Japanese twang to it. And the sauces they brought out for the steak had a little Japanese twang to it. So, mm, but yeah, it was the first, and, I, and that's the reason because like it really wasn't about the money. Because if not, I was going to get like one of those seafood towers for myself, and yeah. then and then like some ribs. So I was still going to spend a bunch of money. But I was like, all right, this ninety nine bucks better be worth it. But it was very good. Like I said. It's, 40 ounces so it's a ton of meat you know yeah i'd probably get sick of seafood by by the time i left down there because that's all i'd be eating I just because i know like hey this is a like you're close to the water it's better down here than it is in tennessee correct yeah so. exactly well i will the one of the that's one of the first one of the when we the first week when we got here like i said i was just pumped like hammering lot uh i got lobster one night i got um shrimp cocktail a couple times in a row lobsters a couple times in a row. my favorite thing is crab so i ended up getting crab one night that was 80 bucks but and it was funny because i used to crack and eat as i went this time i literally took like 30 minutes cracked it up and had a little mountain of crab and drizzled a little butter on it and just went to town but it was like it was exhausting because like by the end by the end of it you're like geez i need to eat i'm so tired of cracking all this stuff <laughs> i know there's a lot of work that goes into it i i I'm actually going on vacation, not this week, but next week. So I'm very excited. We're going to Mexico. So I'm about to pig out on some tamales, enchiladas, tacos, <laughs> margaritas. Oh, it's going to be a good time. Um, but uh, <clears throat> hey, oh, you didn't I, I just said, I guess you didn't hear me because you just said, uh, and then say, where are you going to Mexico? Oh, Tulum. Oh, Tulum. Nice. Okay. I've heard it's great. Yeah. So uh, me and my wife went down there uh, for our honeymoon, which yeah. was almost six years ago. And the place where we stayed when we went on our honeymoon is like one minute away from the place we're staying now. So it's perfect because it's like the exact same area. And we know like where things are from the last yeah. time and stuff like that. So now, like I literally figured that out yesterday. Yeah. And I'm like now even more excited. So is it, do you guys get a house condo or are you staying at like a resort or? Uh, yeah. So it's a kind of like a resort Zamas, I guess okay. is how you say it. Um, but it's not like one of the high rise resort no, gotcha. okay. kind of things. Okay. So well, that'd be. I didn't, want to, to didn't want to do it that way. That just seems so annoying, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm excited. To, I'm excited for you. I mean, hope it's a great time. Oh, it's going to be. I'm going to make sure of that. <laughs> um, all right, let's jump into the conversation we have today. First, before we get into Tennessee baseball and everything that happened this past week, we got to commit. Uh, Savion Herring. I hope I'm saying his first name right. Uh, offensive lineman Juco transfer uh, was originally committed to Cincinnati, then with bad grades had to go to Juco. 
Um, and he just like finished off a whole run of official visits and decided on Tennessee. And like his main thing about Tennessee was the coaching staff. And I like that. I like to hear that from recruits that they enjoy the coaching staff. But something I've told any recruit that would listen or asked, I've told them not to pick a place based on the coaching staff. That's not what you should do. That, that you have no idea if those guys are going to stay. You could lose every single person on that staff. I, I, I had two head, three head coaches, if you count Coach Cheney, who was a <laughs> yeah. head coach for me, uh, and multiple office coordinators, multiple position coaches. It's just like that's probably not the best thing to pick a school off of. Um, but I'm very glad he's coming because it adds a lot to that 2022 class. It adds depth in the offensive line room, which is always crucial. And like, I watched his film and this guy has some upside. Like he's, he moves good in space. He had a lot of, you know, pulls and getting out into the perimeter. He is really good at looking for work on pass protection. Like he's at guard. If center's blocking a guy, tackle's blocking a guy, he's looking to blow somebody up. Uh, and, I, you know, I felt like he was strong. He has length, you know, 6'5", 325. He's got the right size for it. Uh, one thing, though, is he struggled on, like, two eyes, like inside techniques of him trying to cut them off or trying to block down on them. Uh, and that's probably just – some technique stuff, some first steps, you know, stepping underneath yourself so you don't get any momentum going towards the man, uh, which can be fixed really easy. Just got to learn. But I'm excited for him. What, what do you think? Yeah. Um, you know, 6'5", 310, uh, that, that catches my eye. So a bigger guy. I, you know, Kyler, this – it kind of worries me in a way that – and I don't know because obviously I'm not in the coaching room, but, but it's like dude, there's only really two things. They see this guy and they're like, hey, this guy could be a gem. Like I really want to work with him. And I think that he could really be good for us. Or it's like this is telling us that they're adding basically any sort of depth they can or any sort of anything that they can because they're worried about the offensive line. So maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, like I said, those are the only two things I can think of, which I'm hoping it's that they just see him and think there's some good potential there and like, Hey, like, let's bring this guy in now if we can. Um, I, like I said, I hope it's not a detriment to, to who's on the roster. Um, you know, and I said that last year with Joe Milton, when they brought him in, I was like, maybe they don't like what they see on the roster. And obviously that didn't matter. And and you know what, maybe they really didn't see what they, you know, Hendon Hooker could just not have been a good practice guy. Like, you yeah. know, whatever, and he just came out and balled out and, and gamed it out and won it. Um, but I thought, I mean, he if I'm not mistaken, when I was watching, um, he was playing a couple different positions. Yep. So they had him on right right side, left side, so that's nice. Um, that's a plus. I thought he was pretty um, active, which I like. I thought he had some nice tenacity and some nasty. We love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty good af- athlete, which which is good. So listen, all those things like I'm I'm fine with, but I'm not gonna go head you know head over heels or freaking you know jump to the moon because we got some two star late in the process. I mean, it yeah, is what it is. yeah, exactly. I I I I think it's depth. I think it's just adding depth. And no way am I like this guy's gonna start. 
I, you know, maybe another year or two he could. Um, but I will, I will say a plus. I will say a plus about it is that um, he is a JUCO kid, so he's not. So like, if there was ever going to be a need, like it's nice that he's coming from JUCO. And listen, I know a couple of buddies, like close buddies, that played in JUCO, and they said it was an absolute joke. Like with like meetings and and weightlifting and all that stuff. Like you're really just on your own and just trying mm-hmm. to. You're you're a super mercenary, like. Like it's you got to go out there and get stats and get the hell out. Um, but at least that he's played and it hasn't been high school and maybe it's helped him mature. Like when you go there, like you realize how you have to handle your business. Yeah. So those are some those are some good things. But yeah, I mean, offensive lineman. I'm not gonna say I, I'm happy that he's an offensive lineman compared to if we just gotten a two star defensive back or wide receiver or running back. Like you know. Yeah. Yeah, I understand and. I was just thinking about this. I was like, I might say this a lot for the offensive lineman that like, hey, this isn't a start right away guy. This is like a couple years guy. But with offensive linemen, that's what you want. Like you never want to be in the scenario where your freshman is starting. Because I'll tell you right now, the difference between a 22-year-old and an 18-year-old is really big. It is a huge difference. If you have a 21, 22-year-old defensive end going against an 18-year-old left tackle, it's not a good matchup. Well, like, I, mean, I don't, well, now probably, I don't care if he's the number one recruit in the nation. He, he ain't going to be able to do it, bud. Now, I mean, nowadays, these guys with COVID years and all this stuff, guys been playing for like 19 years. I mean, you, got like 20, <laughs> you got like 23 and 24-year-olds out there just whipping up on kids. I know. I, I, I remember when all that was coming out, and I was thinking about it like, Dude, what if I had an extra COVID year and had another year after my senior year? And it was 2016, and it was the year that we beat Florida, and we beat George on the Hail Mary, and, like, things started to fall apart at the end. But I was like, dude, if I was there, I just automatically was like, if I was there, it would have been different. It would have been oh, so yeah. different. Yeah. I can. And that's, I can just, just, I can... that's just me in my head being like, you know what I mean, just believing yeah. in yourself yeah. so much like, Oh, it would have been different. It would have been so much different. Like, like uh, what's his name off Napoleon Dynamite or his Uncle Rico? Or he's like, yeah. if Coach would put me in for state title, I swear we would have won. I don't know why he benched me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can I can see it now, big 77. Got his little hair band. And he's just running down the field to jump in the student section after beating Florida. He's got tears coming down. And then I can see you running down there celebrating with Jawan and like grabbing him and picking him up like after the Hail Mary. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, it would have uh, been incredible. I wish yeah. I, I wish I could have been a part of that, but it was still nice like seeing it after I left because it made me like feel good about where it where was. And then yeah. Fell yeah. To the, fell back to the earth. Um, yeah. which is a nice, you know what? This is what we call a professional. Um, tease. We are going to be this next. We're we're going to be recording tonight, but next week's pod or two weeks from now, when you're on vacation, is going to be about Butch era, which we did a dually era, and I think some people like that. Like, yeah, I mean, if 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 any, if any of our listeners are like me, they love to hear the stories. Like that's what I used to call you about, man. I used to call you and talk <laughs> and hear stories. I would always talk to you about when you're in the NFL, and I would just it wouldn't even be a phone conversation. I just be like, what's he like? And then you'd answer, you'd you'd answer, and I'd be like, "Well, what's he like?" And then you'd answer. So, uh, what's he like? What's yeah. he like? 
<laughs> um, but yes, very good teaser for next week. We will be wearing the same outfits, so don't be confused by that. Um, but let's jump into fall baseball. So quite a big week. Uh, let's start as the week progresses. So first thing that happened is images come out of the potential new stadium. I say potential because, you know, they say, like, these are subject to change. Like, this isn't going to be the exact layout. Um, but this is what they're looking at. And, you know, I'll put pictures on uh, YouTube. But, man, I am so excited. This is what everybody's been waiting for. And there was talks about it moving downtown, uh, you know, away from campus, really. But I'm so much happier with this. I'm happy that it's in the exact same spot as it is now. It's right next to the football facility, practice facility, which I love. It's such a great location, actually really close to like fraternity row, uh, you know, really close to like some <laughs> some classes and that, you know, football complex, the track complex, like it is such a good location. I think they're going to have to worry about parking over there because there's really no parking, but this, this looks like what a number one baseball team stadium should look like. All these renderings, like this looks professional. You can see that like they're thinking about adding like a little facility off to the side for the guys, um, probably like batting cages and, and a workout place for them, which is great because I know a lot of times the small, quote unquote, smaller sports get pushed off to the side. They don't get like, deserving things as much as the bigger sports. So it's good to see that. Um, and one of the things I love the most is they're still going to have the seats in the outfield. So like the porch esque seats that we have now, it's going to be a little different, but I love the fact they kept that feel to it because those porch seats were like the cream of the crop of Lindsey Nelson stadium. And they're still keeping them on. And it's like, it's still kind of traditional with the stadium, which I like. Yeah, I'll say this. When my dad and I went a couple of weeks back, I, I didn't think the parking was that bad. I actually thought for a pretty full stadium, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. Um, maybe we just – I didn't have a parking pass. Maybe we just got lucky. I mean, we were getting there a little bit later. Did you park um, on the street? No, I got a little secret hiding spot. It's not a secret, but it's a uh, – it's yeah, a permit. Reed, it's who a, would, <laughs> who's lived in Knoxville his whole life and has gone to games there all the time, like on campus all the time, knows an exact spot where to park. It's a little bit different for everyone else, Reed. Well, I just – yeah, let me just say, I thought that there was still some very good areas to park, even when it was like packed house. But, yes, this parking lot, which there's like other – there's probably like 20 or 30 cars in there, but it is – designated that you have to have a permit but i parked there like 10 times and don't have the permit so i think that sign is for during school and so people are like oh we can't park there you get towed but really it's not for events yeah 
Yeah, so yeah. they're not they're not checking in the middle of the day Saturdays. Exactly, exactly. So I, I well, I haven't done it for football. I've done it for basketball and uh, baseball, and it's worked out. So knock on wood. Next time, I'll probably get towed. But <laughs> you're gonna be screwed. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah. I man, I was so excited to see that. I was so so excited to see that. Um. It makes me nervous. I'm like, we're gonna build all this awesome stuff. And then, like, we probably won't be that good. And then no one's going to go into the games. But because I really do think – I mean, Tennessee fans are great, but we still need to be, like – you know, I think they're still going to be competitive. They're not going to be maybe this good. Uh, I will say this, knock on wood, not to scare people. I do think Tony Vitello's around to stay for a while. I, I really do, like I – think, I think that's easy because with college head coaches, like, the only place to go is MLB if you wanted to. But if you are a solidified head coach and you're good at your job, you could literally just keep getting paid more and more and stay the same school forever. Because, I mean, other schools have done that too. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I guess if he didn't – if he wasn't going to leave to go to back to Arkansas or to, like, LSU, then, like, I'm not worried about losing him because it's like we're going to be just as good as them as a program. I mean, but yes, baseball coaches, I feel like they can stay forever if they're, you know, if they're good, like they, like, because like you said, you're not going to go to the MLB really, or hell, I don't even know. I guess I'm just not too, I'm just not as locked into the, so I'm like, maybe I'm sitting here speaking out my butt. I'm like, you wouldn't want to go to the MLB, but maybe he would because he didn't have to recruit stuff. I, I don't know. I just, I'm not really locked in, but I feel like he's got a pretty sweet gig going now because He's worked his butt off to get it there. But anyways, I'm getting sidetracked. Yes, it looks beautiful. It looks beautiful. I'm happy they're going to spend the money to do it. That's what you have to do now. Um, so get that, you know, get it up and going. It looks great. I'm, I'll be excited to go check it out. Um, if it's for football, men's and women's basketball, men's baseball, like put, put the money into it, be competitive. You know, they got they got plenty of it over there. So don't worry about it. Exactly. They, they have plenty of that money now. Um, okay. Next up, let's talk about Evan Russell uh, and what happened with him over Twitter, over ESPN broadcasts. Uh, apparently something happened within his family. Not even going to look up into it. Like I literally did not look into it. So I'm like, listen, if that's what happened. They want to share and it gets spread around. That's fine. But I don't care if it's what you, like keep it to yourself if you want to. Um, and didn't look like he was going to play one of the regional games because he had to deal with that with his family. An Arkansas fan gets on Twitter, says Evan Russell failed PEDs, he failed a drug test, and he's out for the remainder of the year. Wait, it was really an Arkansas fan that did that? It was an Arkansas fan that did that. I don't think – like, I don't know if the Arkansas fan was really thinking what would happen with him saying this. I don't know yeah. if he was like, this is what I heard, I'm just putting it out. Or he was like, I'm going to start the rumor. Yeah, start trolling. Start trolling. But an ESPN uh, color commentator doing another baseball game, and he got that information, decided to just share it on the game, on the game cast. And – Say Evan Russell's gone for the rest of the year because he failed uh, PEDs. Uh, and I mean, I've never seen Vol Twitter get so angry and upset at someone 
which is warranted because well, it's like, say, dude, you need, you need well, you need to say we've seen ball Twitter get really mad, but this one was rightfully so. Yes, yes, exactly. Well, I mean, I shouldn't say I've never seen him get that mad because I mean, we did almost hire Greg Schiano, so I don't think anything's going to top that. But uh, rightfully so, they get very upset, demand apologies from ESPN, from the broadcaster. The uh, the guy who tweeted it was like sending out apology tweets, like replying under other like Evan Russell family members that were like, everything's fine. Evan's fine. Our family's okay. We just are happy to be okay. Like it literally didn't like go into anything. And this guy was replying underneath like, I'm sorry that I said this about Evan. Did he ever admit like why he did it? Or he just said like, sorry. I didn't see anything that like said why he did it, but uh, at least he apologized, I guess. Um, But like, as a color commentator, as a broadcaster, you got to look into it more. I, I understand you're wanting to get the scoop, but Jesus, man, like you can't just say that on a live broadcast. Well, I, I don't even know if you're like really getting the scoop out if it's already out there. Like, wouldn't that, and I'm not in TV, but wouldn't that be a producer and someone's ear like, hey, this news is broke. We need to get this out there. So wouldn't it maybe be a producer's fault instead of that guy? I don't know. Possibly. I mean, if it was a producer's fault, I, I guess like he can kind of like lean on the producer, but if it's just him, like, cause those guys have dead periods during the broadcast, commercial breaks, all that kind of stuff. If he's on his phone and sees something and then he like, look, look what I found. And no one is like, Oh yeah. Fact check it. They're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Say it um, when we get back, because that'll, that'll be good ratings for us that like we broke it. That happens in journalism all like it's just oh, it's it's aggravating. I do I do I do understand that people are always so worried about speed, speed, speed to break the story. And it, it always cracks me up on Twitter when like one person breaks the story and other people instead of just retweeting it or like subtweeting it, they just basically copy and paste it and then post it from their thing. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, you know what? It works because they end up getting just as many likes or retweets or whatever. Dude, I'm telling um, you, it's 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 insane. I mean, there's a lot of Twitter account, ball Twitter accounts that are just like copy and paste from other yeah, ones. Yeah. And they've got 50,000 followers. I know. I like, know. Well, I mean, if that's where people get their news, I guess that's that's part of it. Right. Right. Um, the whole situation. Yeah. I saw someone say PEDs early on and then someone else said, no, that's not it. And this guy that. uh is in this friend group of ours, very nice guy, but like, I guess he has some sources at UT, but sometimes he acts like he knows everything that's happened. And this still could be true. I don't know, but he proclaimed, um, he, he proclaimed that uh, Evan and Tony got into it and got into a fight. And Evan was like, all right, I'm leaving. I need to take a drive and like never came back. Um, then I guess his dad put out some stuff. There was some mental health anxiety, some stresses, and which I totally understand. Like we just talked about it last week. I mean, what if Evan had like a panic attack or what if he had, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I yeah. just think, I just think all the speculation, whether people are trolling, they're being serious 
whatever. Like it just stinks that that's the world we're in now. When if it really was like a family issue, medical issue, um, and I saw some idiot. He was a Vandy account, and it was like this doesn't make any sense. Like if it was mental, why are they doing a physical evaluation? Like like it doesn't add up and I was like you're a dumbass I was like I've 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 gone over my years I've had to go get my heart checked like two or three times because I thought something was going on with my heart no it was my stress levels and my anxiety yeah you know there's been times I've had to go get like other stuff checked out because of like you know because you're being affected and it's like hey is, is that a real thing or is it because of something like anxiety or stress or whatever so I thought that was stupid but yeah I just Honestly, for me, I just hate it for Evan. I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was. Like, I just hate it for him and that his family had to deal with that. But I, I know. You, know how I am. you know how I am about social media stuff. I, I'm, not, I'm not in that game. Like, I don't like it. I could care less. And it's just, it's just nonsense. And think about, literally think about it like this, because we were already going to talk about this, but someone left a comment on our last podcast about this scenario. But – Think about if a broadcaster had done this about an NFL player or MLB player or NBA player and was just like, he's not playing today because he failed PEDs. He's out for the rest of the year. Like the seriousness of that, like, do you know how much money that guy has that he could lose because you're saying this on a broadcast? Yeah. And now it's like that for college guys. Like, lose an NIL deal or lose some like something that they got, you know, working hard and have good character and all that kind of stuff. And you just kind of like ruin it for them. Like you have to, like, this is a lot more serious because you're taking money out of those guys' pockets. If you're sharing stuff like that. Now, ever, I think everything's okay. Cause it was figured out within like a day, but right. still it's like, Hey, take like, this is a lot more serious of a subject now with yeah. like NIL and guys having money and stuff like that than it was even, you know, three or four years ago. So, yeah. And it was funny because you immediately see that like, Hey, everything's fine. ESPN better get their checkbooks out. If Evan and his family decide to, you know, sue them for defamation and all that stuff. And that's true. I, uh, I don't get into these uh, main like headline stories very, very often. Yeah. Um, you know, like newsworthy type stuff. Uh, when, when the first, when the war first broke out in Ukraine, like I was like, I mean, I watched more news in two or three days than I did in like an entire year. And maybe in those three days, I watched like an hour total. <laughs> and then, um, you know, so it's like, there's some things that'll catch my attention and I don't know why I didn't really spend a bunch of time with it. And I, it was more about on the trial, but that Kyle Rittenhouse kid, the one that was uh, being on trial for shooting during the uh, Black Lives Matter protest, I think in uh, Wisconsin, maybe. Yeah. And so I was just like, there was people talking about it, but I like, I think I was on YouTube one day, honestly. And, and like, I was working out doing cardio and I was like, well, I'll watch this trial. And I just clicked it. And so it kind of sparked my interest of like, but I, I bring all that to bring up like this kid and I'm not saying whether I believe right or wrong or whatever. I don't even really remember the facts of it. So I'm not trying to argue, but I'm saying like, I remember people talking about like this kid's on trial and he can either be found guilty of murder 
and is going to end up in the penitentiary and in jail, or if he's not guilty, which he wasn't found guilty, Joe Biden and government and all those other people are probably about to give this kid multiple, multiple, multiple tens and twenties and thirties of millions of dollars. Because if you remember, Biden tweeted him out and yeah. said, this is what white supremacy looks like. And it's like that guy's life literally went from on the murder trial, like worried about spending the rest of his life in jail as an 18 year old to now he's going to get book deals, all this stuff. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong or different, whether he should be in jail or not. I'm just saying that's what I thought about with this Evan Russell stuff. It's like, bro, one people, you say one thing one time and, and these lawyers are just, they're chomping at the bit. They're chomping at yeah. the bit to get after this because because somebody's going to have to write you a big fat check for, for you know, which which honestly, that it should be that way. Like, I don't want someone coming out and, 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 and wrongfully accusing me of something. You know, I like, you know, I would hate that. Not even that, like, it would affect me, like, for some sort of uh, public figure job. But, like, I don't want to be walking out of Calhoun's in Knoxville and somebody like, oh, there's that guy who's a racist or there's that guy who's like a, you know, this or that or the other. So, like, I yeah. get why people would sue. I mean, it's a yeah. it's a in this day and age, it's it's a crazy big deal because someone could t- tweet out something as a joke and people take it serious as hell. So it's yeah, crazy. you know, the, this is a great country and we got freedom of speech, but you got to be careful about what you say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to be well, careful so anyways, about what I, you say. I, I, just, I hope I hope the best for Evan. I'm happy that, that he came back and played last night's game, wild game. I, I, I was I was nervous, man. I was nervous when you get in in postseason play. It is. Yep. And I know this is double elimination, but it is still nerve wracking. Uh, but hey. Every time I get nervous, bro, they show me why they are a bunch of freaking pit bull, freaking dog ballers, bro. I'm telling you, like, every time Campbell came with some kind of surge and and scored some runs, there was an immediate answer. Immediate. Oh, immediate. Oh, from these guys. After the 4-0, I mean, they were up 4-0, and it was like the third or fourth inning, but after that. Yeah, there was a, the third yeah. inning. They went up 4-0 in the bottom. And then fourth inning, top of the fourth, Evan Russell double, Trey Lipscomb, or it might have been the other way around, Trey Lipscomb double, Evan Russell homer, or something like that, and it was 4-2. Yeah, to two, like yeah that. just like that. And then Drew comes out and bombs it, gives us the lead. And then it just keeps happening. They, they keep answering when they need to. I mean, we were out at dinner. I was trying to freaking start down 40 ounces of meat right in my little gullet, right in my little meat sucker. <laughs> and uh, and I'm sitting there, like, watching. Uh, it just cut me off because it said I don't have any more video on my iPad. That's fine. We'll use the Zoom. Okay. Yeah, All right. it's okay. Well, yeah, well I'll, well, I'll finish up. But basically – Hell of a game. I was nervous. It shows why these guys are dogs, and I loved it. So I know. It, it, like, there were so many key moments. Like, we just talked about uh, Drew and Trey getting those, you know, t- two hits starting off at the top of the fourth. Then we have another home run in the fourth. And then bottom of the fourth to hold them at four – our last out, like I didn't even understand what was going on. Uh, so Kirby's at the at the plate, or he's pitching. He throws it into home, like obvious attempt to get this third out, which 
I don't watch a lot of baseball, right? So I, I didn't really understand what was going on. But he throws it to the catcher so that he, like, an easy catch for him, he immediately starts running towards third. And they do, like, a little, um, you know, trap on that runner coming from third to home. And my thought process was, like, did he step off the bag that much that Kirby at pitcher was like, oh, I got this. We can get him out. Or was it more of like, if we do this at this moment, it, was it opportunistic or was it planned? I'm not even sure, but it was awesome because it was such, it was such, they had scored four runs in the third. We go ahead, score three in the fourth. They have scoring position bottom of the fourth to just switch the momentum back to them and we stop them. So it just helped so much going into the later innings. Like that was such a crucial play that I just kind of wanted to throw out there. And then, man, you mentioned it. But the three-run homer by Drew in the fifth, it was – I mean, you can't get more Drew Gilbert. I mean, the the size of this man's balls to hit a shot like that. It, it, it he had just done it the week before. It, Drew Gilbert is, I mean, he is him. There, there's nothing. There's no. I don't under, like. There's no way to really explain it. This guy has the confidence of the best MLB player out there. He swings for the damn fences every time. I mean, even his his two swings before that, he's I mean, he's cranking that thing. And I'm just like every time just more and more impressed with him. And I mean, pitchers have to get more and more and more scared of pitching to this guy. Oh, dude, they're gonna be scared of pitching the whole team. I mean, I know. To- I know we just scored 12 runs. And we're like went scoreless through three innings and then scored 12 runs in the entire game. Like it's incredible of of how that ended up. Um, What's even funnier is Drew hits that three run Homer. Then the pitcher immediately hits our batter and with his pitch. And it's like, all right, what, what are we doing here? Like this guy's just pissed, get him out, kick him out of the game. They didn't do anything. They left him in which honestly probably helped us because yeah, we just yeah. kept cranking on him. Right. They kept yeah. him in the game the entire time. Like I, that guy was near a hundred pitches by the end of it. Um, and it just kept going back and forth. Uh, you know, two run homer by Campbell in the bottom of the seventh makes it seven to six. Then each of us get a home run in the eighth. It's eight to seven at the end of the eighth. And you're just like, oh, my God, like how – like are we going to be able to – like what is happening? This doesn't usually happen to us. It's so nerve-wracking. It kind of felt like the right State game, you know, last year when Drew right. hit that walk-off. And then the ninth, we just explode. Four runs in the ninth. Great plays. And, you know, shut them out on defense. And it's just like – this team, the resilience and ability to just fight through all of that is why they're the number one team. It's why they're the team to beat. It's why teams should be scared of what they have to play against. And, like, you got two maybe of our 
better pitchers, but we still got more that right. you didn't even see. It's just never ending, honestly. Yeah. No, I know. It's insane. It's insane. All right, I'm going to plug this bad boy up. Good pod. <laughs> okay. Go ahead and plug your stuff up. Get it charging. We got to do another pod. Um, all right. This one was a little shorter, a little sweeter, but covered all of all baseball. Covered recruits. I appreciate you guys watching and listening. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe. Hit that notification bell. Hit that like button. It helps. Leave us comments. Ask us any kind of questions, uh, any kind of stuff you want us to talk about. We're more than happy to. Um, if you want to follow us uh, at Believe in Tennessee on Twitter for our main account, at rbacon26read, at Kyler Kerbison on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, and... Yeah, just appreciate you guys, all you're doing, uh, all of your support. Uh, As always, go Vols. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.